Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Seidenberg here with you is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. As week 11 has come to a close in the NFL with the Buccaneers uh, beating the Giants on Monday night football, handling their business as a double-digit favorite. The Bucs winning 30-10, to 10. Tom Brady throwing for 307 yards, so did exceed his passing total, and he throws two touchdowns to just one interception uh, as uh, the Bucs do get the win. Also going over their prop total was uh, one of my favorite picks, Leonard Fournette, over his 25-and-a-half receiving yardage prop. He had 39 receiving yards. Mike Evans went over with his 73 yards. Rob Gronkowski went over with his 71 yards. Chris Godwin had 65 yards. Both Evans and Godwin did score touchdowns. So the Bucs win 30-10. to 10. They improved to 7-3. and three. They're 5-0 and oh at home this season. The Giants, meanwhile, 3-7 and seven on the year. Up next for the Bucs is a road game at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, who have played really good football as of late. And wouldn't surprise me to see the Colts getting some love on the spread, uh, on the the bets for this game. Don't have a line just yet on that game. It looks like it's Bucks minus three. So I can see the Colts certainly getting a lot of love there as the home underdog considering... Uh, just how good this team has played. They've won three straight games. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is likely emerging as the favorite to be the Offensive Player of the Year award. Right now, in, on the odds, if you're looking for Offensive Player of the Year, it's not up just. It's not up right now on DraftKings. What I do see is Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I said Bill Belichick plus 1,200 was a good look for Coach of the Year? He's now your second favorite at plus 500 compared to Cliff Kingsbury, who's plus 400. I'm just ahead of the curve when it comes to these things, but too bad I don't bet him when I see him. Anyway, uh, on the NFL season, Favorites lead straight up 96 or 96 65 and 1 with three games closing as a pick'em. Underdogs, however, lead against the spread. 92 69 and 1. Road teams 85 76 and 1 straight up with three games being played at neutral sites. Road teams 96 65 and 1 against the spread that is 59.6 overall. 
Unders lead the way, 92, 71, and 2. Primetime overs are even, 16, 16, and 1. That's where you're looking right now in the NFL in terms of favorites and underdogs. One of the more profitable systems this season in the NFL has been the short road underdogs. So underdogs of seven points or less. This past week, uh, we saw a bunch of them uh, do well and cover. They were four and two out of the six games that featured short road underdogs. The Colts winning outright against the Buffalo Bills. They were certainly one of those short road underdogs. Uh, The Saints lost to the Eagles. That was one of the losses. Washington won outright as a short road dog at Carolina. The Bengals, uh, well, excuse me, the Cowboys lost to the Chiefs. That was the other loss. The Cardinals winning outright uh, at the Seahawks. The Steelers covering against the Chargers. So it was a good week for the short road underdogs. Let's take a look at the short road underdogs for this week. And it'll start on Thursday with the Raiders at the Cowboys, Raiders seven-point dog. Then you'll have on Sunday the Jets at the Texans, which is at two-and-a-half now, two-and-a-half to three. The Titans at the Patriots, which is five-and-a-half. The Steelers at the Bengals, three-and-a-half. Rams at the Packers, one. The Vikings, a three-point underdog at the 49ers. The Browns, four-point dogs at the Ravens. And the Seahawks, a one-point dog at Washington on uh, Monday Night Football. Boy, a terrible Monday Night Football. I hope that there's a Manning cast on that one because that's really going to be the only reason why you want to watch that game on Monday night. Those are your short road underdogs for Week 12 in the NFL. And of this list... Uh, The ones that jump out to me certainly are um, the Vikings at the 49ers. Love the way the Vikings have played the past couple of games. Love the way Kirk Cousins has played all season. 49ers with a huge win against the Rams, and then they go to Jacksonville. A bad spot for them on a short week, traveling to the East Coast to play an early game. They took advantage of a bad Jacksonville team, handled their business. Now you welcome in a hungry Minnesota Vikings team led by, in my opinion, an MVP candidate in Kirk Cousins. Uh, I do like the Seahawks at Washington, but I can't figure out this Seattle team this year. They're just a disaster. Jets at Texans I actually like. Uh, Joe Flacco played well last week for them at quarterback. And if he starts again for them this week with the Texans coming off uh, a win, maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. For Houston, I could see the Jets keeping that one close. Don't know what to think about the Raiders at the Cowboys. I lean the Cowboys in this spot. Raiders have just been a broken team over the past couple of weeks, and it seems like their season is uh, pretty much run its course. Titans at the Patriots. I can see people jumping on Tennessee. I don't want to bet against this Patriots team. This defense is playing really well. And looking at them, kind of licking their chops to get after Ryan Tannehill, I, I, you know, with the Texans not having much of a running game, 
ever since Derrick Henry went down. I, I think the, I think the Patriots are the right side there. I don't, I don't know if I like the Titans. Uh, Steelers, I do like them against the Bengals. Um, I think that's within a field goal game. Getting over a field goal, I think, is good. So uh, I'm okay with the Steelers there. Rams at Packers going to be a great game. I think that game is going to be a playoff preview in the NFC. Packers coming off a loss. I'd like to you know pick them to bounce back, especially at home in Lambeau. Going up against the Rams. Now, weather could be a factor there. If, you know, you have an L.A. team going into Lambeau, playing in the cold, possible snow, we'll see uh, what the weather is like uh, on Sunday afternoon. Those are, and I don't trust the Browns, not with Baker banged up, not with the way that this team has played. Uh, don't don't look at them uh, at all and and have any sort of confidence. So I don't like them. So those are the road dogs of seven points or, or less. Uh, the other trend, that, and by the way, that trend has hit 51 and 19 this season. So 51 wins, 19 losses. The other popular trend that we talked about here on the show is teams that did not cover last week playing against teams that did cover last week. And that trend is at 41, 19, and 1 on the season. So on Thursday, you'll feature the Bears, uh, who did not cover, against the Lions, who did cover. Who do you like in that spot? That's just one of those situations. Uh, Raiders and Cowboys both did not cover, so nothing there. Bills and Saints both did not cover, nothing there. Steelers covered, and Bengals covered, nothing there. Bucks covered, Colts covered, nothing there. Panthers did not cover. They are... Uh, a f- small favorite against the Dolphins, who did cover. Uh, you have the Titans, who um, did not cover against the Texans, taking on the Patriots, who did cover. So that would be the Titans qualifying for both of these trends. Uh, you have the Eagles, who covered Giants, who did not. So the Giants against the Eagles. You have the Jags did not, Falcons did not, Jets did not, Texans did. So the Jets against the Texans. The uh, Chargers and the Broncos run a bye, so we cancel that out. Rams run a bye, we cancel that out. Vikings and Niners both covered, cancel that out. Browns did not cover. Ravens uh, did cover. So you got the Browns in that spot as well. And the Seahawks did not, Washington did. So it's interesting because... You have three games, um, actually four games, that qualify for both systems. A short road underdog of seven points or less and a team that did not cover last week playing against a team that did cover last week. This past week, there was only one game that fit the mold uh, that qualified for both of those trends. And it was the Colts plus seven at Buffalo, and that one came through. So the four that qualify, Jets at Texans, Titans at Pats, Browns at Ravens, Seahawks at Washington. Four games that qualify for both of these extremely profitable systems in the NFL this season. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get back into college football, some of the games that are coming up here 
this weekend. Some of the future plays for conference champions and the college football playoff as well. It is the look at here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here with you on the look ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are at a very interesting time in college football because it's the it's rivalry week. It's the final games of the regular season. Conference championship games are next week with a couple of uh you know, I guess there's really what Cal Stanford is going to be, or no, UCLA, USC Cal is going to be uh, a game that's played means nothing. But you have conference championship games coming up next week. And then, of course, we will have uh, bowl season and the, uh, well, you have the Army-Navy game. And then we'll have uh, bowl season and the college football playoff, which is just going to be uh, incredible. But we got one final week of the regular season to set up conference championship games and earlier on vsin brad powers college football uh, betting analyst uh joined the show the nightcap to talk about some of the key games on the college football schedule this week one of the biggest games of the college football season fresh off of this uh just remarkable performance by the buckeyes they are now on the road, and the number has ballooned up. The look ahead was uh, in the four and a half, five range. Now it's eight uh, for Ohio State at Michigan. Are you going to get in front of that runaway freight train that is this Ohio State defense or offense? Uh, no, I, I, I am with the train. Uh, <laughs> I hopped on. I didn't hop on last week, unfortunately, but I did hop on as soon as I saw the number open up at Circa on Sunday. I laid seven. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you don't bet the, uh, you know, the Buckeyes in this one past history, what you saw in the first half against Michigan State. And, you know, it's not only Jimmy's and Joe's, but it's X's and O's. I mean, they're just far superior in every way. And, uh, I mean, there's not a motivation issue. I mean, Ohio State's always max motivated in this game. They just got better ball players and better coaches. So I expect more of what we saw last 15 years in this matchup. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that uh, maybe we can duplicate what we saw, I know you, uh, you've even got a juicier number on C.J. Stroud than I do. You were on the train way, way early. Uh, I'm sitting at 30-1, to 1, so hopefully we can get some uh, touchdowns galore like we had. Um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Bedlam, uh, this has been a rivalry dominated by the team from Norman. It will be in Stillwater. The Pokes are a favorite, laying four, four and a half in some spots. Uh, the defense has been tremendous there for Mike Gundy's squad. Get the shutout this past weekend. You you were on Oklahoma. Uh, they take care of business. Wasn't the prettiest win. Uh, maybe a bit fortunate, too, with that Brock Purdy just terrible play before the half that led to a scoop and score. Is Mike Gundy's squad finally going to take care of their rival? I think so. I mean, they're just the more consistent team. And speaking of that, I mean, Oklahoma State is quietly – covered nine consecutive wow. games since the start of the season. I mean, if it wasn't for past history and it's kind of a helmet game, what do I mean by that? I don't know. For whatever reason, Oklahoma has Oklahoma state's number. I mean, I know what it is most seasons. I mean, they're just more talented, but I mean, there's even been other seasons where I think Oklahoma state has 
had at least, you know, a comparable team and just has come up way short in this game. I just think defensively uh, on the, on the Cowboys side is the best unit on the field. And, and as long as knock on wood, Spencer Sanders doesn't have one of those turnover games like he hasn't uh, most of this season, uh, I think they're the better team at home. So I, I would lay the three and a half. The Civil War uh, will be a mid-afternoon game. Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon getting thumped uh, by Utah, ending their chances at a national championship. But they need to win this game, Brad, to go to the Pac-12 title game and to have an opportunity to try to get to a Rose Bowl. Uh, This number, I think, opened seven. It is now sitting at six and a half. Uh, Oregon State looked the part. Actually opened nine here at Circa. Uh, Oregon State, an impressive win against Arizona State at home in Corvallis. Uh, does the, do the Beavers hang around with the Ducks on uh, on Saturday afternoon? I think they do. I, I, I agree with the money in this instance. Uh, I, although uh, I'm kicking myself for not being part of it, uh, so I, I can't say that I was first to the window on the <laughs> Beavers here. But you know, uh, Oregon lost a couple more wide receivers announced. You know, later on Sunday, uh, Johnson, uh, Johnny Johnson, and Jalen Red are out. That's after Pittman uh, transferred out last week. So. I mean, you want to talk about cluster injuries at the wide receiver position. And I also think Mario Cristobal might have one foot out the door. I mean, he can have his probably his pick of the litter in those two Florida jobs. Then that might be open up. Miami's not yet, but I'm sure Miami would take him. Uh, I, I just, I don't like the, the pulse of Oregon right now. Oregon State's got more momentum. I'll take the Beavers. That was Brad Powers earlier on the nightcap here on VSIN with uh, Tim Murray and Sean King. I agree with him with Oregon State. Um, and he's right. Mario Cristobal does have one foot out the door. He's going to get one of those Florida jobs. Possibly he's got great recruiting ties there in the state. Uh, I think Oregon State plus the number is a good read. I do like Ohio State as the favorite. I'll disagree with him on Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, though. And I do understand what he's saying. Yes, Oklahoma State has covered nine straight games. They're playing great football defensively. They are just incredible. Right, they haven't had the disappointing game that Oklahoma had this season. You know, you lose to Iowa State at Iowa State, tough game. Just like Oklahoma loses at Baylor uh, in a game where they shouldn't have lost, and Oklahoma has had games where they were disappointing. Um, last week was a good week, good win against Iowa State. Defensively, they played really well in that game. They blew out Texas Tech in the game before the Baylor game, uh, and their offense was rolling. Oklahoma State hasn't faced an offense like this Oklahoma offense this season. What concerns me is that over the past two weeks, we haven't seen the Oklahoma offense that we've seen uh, against TCU, Kansas, and Texas Tech. We've seen different play calling, um, deep shots early in drives as opposed to establishing the run. Uh, I thought, again, it was a better performance last week against Iowa State, but they need an elite performance against Oklahoma State in that defense. Uh, Oklahoma has you know, own this rivalry, as Brad Powers has mentioned. They have won the last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six straight games. Oklahoma has won. 
but they've been the better team in these games. This is the first time that Oklahoma State is actually, oh no, last last time, last season when they played, uh, Oklahoma State was ranked higher than Oklahoma. Uh, it was 16 and Oklahoma was 18. And Oklahoma won 41 to 13. And that was in Norman. I was going to say, this is the first time that Oklahoma State has been ranked higher than Oklahoma since the 2013 game when Oklahoma State was number six and Oklahoma was number 17. Uh, because each of the last several seasons, Oklahoma has been the higher-ranked team uh, going back to um, 2015, Oklahoma, when the win streak started. Oklahoma was number three, OK State 11. Okay, Oklahoma was five, OK State 11, 5-11. So, you know, then six unranked, 7-21, and then it was 18-16 last year. In fact, uh, well, Oklahoma State was the three team in the nation in 2011. Oklahoma was number 10. Oklahoma State won that game. Um, the higher-ranked team, well, Oklahoma State in 2013 was higher-ranked. They lost to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma was the higher-ranked team in 2014 when Oklahoma State was unranked and won in overtime. That game was in Norman. Look, this is much like the Michigan-Michigan-Ohio Michigan, uh, Michigan Ohio State series, that this is a, a series that has been dominated by one side since 2003. So we're talking, you know, almost 20 years. Uh, o- uh, Oklahoma State's only won twice. 16-2 and two over the last 18 years for Oklahoma in this series. 16-2. and two. They own them. And I actually think, you know, that Oklahoma wins this game, and then, honestly, I don't know what happens in the Big 12 championship game. I think Oklahoma, it's very hard to beat a team twice. Uh, and I could see Oklahoma winning this game as an underdog, and then Oklahoma State winning the rematch as an underdog in the Big 12 championship game. But i that's the only one that I'll disagree with, Brad Powers. I think Oklahoma has the ability to win this one. And I think getting points is a gift, and uh, I'm going to take the points with Oklahoma in this matchup. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's get into those futures. we got to pick out a nice, fun future that's going to give us a pretty good return. And I think the Big 12 might be able to provide it. I'll explain why coming up next, right here on The Look At on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Black Friday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry! This is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vcin.com slash 
subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Taking a look at the odds to make the college football playoff, it's interesting if you go on DraftKings, there are only three teams that have yes as a favorite to make the playoff. That is Georgia at minus 4,000 to make the playoff. You have yes on Ohio State at minus 225. And yes on Alabama at minus 130, which I think is very interesting because if Alabama loses to Georgia, barring some sort of chaos, I don't see them getting into the college football playoff. But there has to be a fourth team, and we don't have a yes as a favorite on any other team. Cincinnati, yes, is plus 120. Notre Dame, yes, is plus 215. Michigan, yes, is plus 380. And then the Big 12. Oklahoma, yes, plus 360. Oklahoma State, yes, plus 400. I think there's value on both of those. Because I believe that a one-loss Big 12 champion would get in to the college football playoff as the number four team over, let's say, Notre Dame. If you take a look right now at the potential top 10 in the college football playoff rankings, you will have three Big 12 teams in the top 10. You'll have Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Oklahoma. Now, there's no way that they're going to have Oklahoma outside of the top 10. Because what are you going to have? Oregon over them? You're going to have Michigan State over them? No. 10-1 Oklahoma has got to be in the top 10. The only two lost teams that will be ahead of Oklahoma will be Baylor at 9-2 and because Baylor beat them head-to-head and possibly Ole Miss at 9-2. and No other two-loss team will be ahead of Oklahoma. And so when you look at the college football playoff, you'll have Georgia – who's in regardless, win or lose. If they win against Alabama, for the time being, I'm going to eliminate Alabama. Because as I've stressed over the weeks, you can't put Alabama in as the fourth team and have them rematch with Georgia in the semifinal after you just saw Georgia beat them in the SEC championship game. Now, if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, different story. They're both in. Alabama becomes the number one seed, and Georgia becomes number two, number three. It doesn't matter, okay? But for the time being, I'm going to give Georgia a win, and Alabama's out. I think Ohio State wins out. They're going to be the number two seed. Cincinnati, if if they win out, which that's a big if because they still got to beat Houston in the AAC championship game, Cincinnati will be number three. Now your debate is who's number four. Is it 11-1 Notre Dame, whose only loss was to Cincinnati, but whose only good win was against Wisconsin? Or do you give it to a potential one-loss Big 12 champion? And it's either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. If Oklahoma State wins the Big 12, that would mean that they who they're currently going to be probably number seven. That would mean a win over Oklahoma and then a win over Baylor. That's two top ten wins. 
to finish up their season. I don't see how a 12-1 and Oklahoma State does not get into the playoff with that resume. If Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State twice, we're talking a big victory on the road in Stillwater this Saturday and then beating them again in the Big 12 championship game at a neutral site. To me, beating that team twice in a row is better than anything Notre Dame did this season. And I would give Oklahoma the edge over Notre Dame for the number four seed. And there's a scenario that obviously things can, could happen. Cincinnati could lose. Um, you know, Alabama could win. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to play out before we get to a final rankings. But I think there's a very good possibility for a one-loss Big 12 champ to get in. Obviously, it's better if it's Oklahoma State. They have a better chance because Oklahoma State's number seven right now. And after next week, if Michigan loses and Oklahoma State wins, Oklahoma State's probably going to be number six, maybe even number five. And then they'll have a better argument to get in over Notre Dame, especially if you're already ranking them ahead of Notre Dame with a win over Oklahoma, making them go from seven to five, and Notre Dame goes from five to six. So that's definitely a possibility. If it's Oklahoma, might be a little more difficult, but I still think when you compare Oklahoma's overall body of work, which would include a win, two wins, excuse me, over Oklahoma State, including one of them being at Oklahoma State at a time when Oklahoma State is the seventh best team in college football with that defense, those are impressive wins. Notre Dame's only good win this season is against Wisconsin. This is a team that lost at home to Cincinnati and everybody else on their schedule that they beat is subpar. I actually don't think that there's a team with a winning record that they've beaten. Um, let's look at strength of schedule right now in the NCAA. Okay, strength of schedule rankings. Notre Dame, eh, it's actually number 13 in the nation. So that's actually pretty good. Um but probably a lot of that is because of Wisconsin and because of Cincinnati. And they beat Wisconsin when Wisconsin was in shambles. But Florida State, Toledo, Purdue, Vatech, USC, North Carolina, Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Stanford, that's not a good schedule. That's not a good schedule at all. Um, meanwhile... You know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are right there, 22. Their schedule is, you know, will get better by playing each other, certainly. So those, their ratings will be higher after the next, after next week. And then it'll be higher for Oklahoma if they have to play Oklahoma State twice. And it'll be higher for Oklahoma State if they have to play Oklahoma and then Baylor back-to-back. Baylor doesn't have a shot to get in, I don't believe, as a two-loss conference champion, even though they'll have a win over Oklahoma and a win over Oklahoma State 
I think that the two losses for Baylor, um, you know, yes, they would avenge the loss to Oklahoma State, which is okay, but the loss to TCU is going to hurt them. No two-loss team has ever made the college football playoff, and I don't see them being a good enough two-loss team to get in. So I think the committee would kind of dismiss them. You know, they're kind of like Ole Miss, even if they're uh, the Big 12 champ. You know, I still think, like, the, the committee would ha- is going to have Ole Miss ahead of them right now. Ole Miss lost to Auburn and Alabama, but overall they give Ole Miss a better body of work than Baylor. And Baylor won that game against Oklahoma at home, which is, you know, obviously it's a little less impact winning at home versus winning on the road, which is why I think Oklahoma winning at Oklahoma State would be huge. So I think betting Oklahoma or Oklahoma State at plus 360 and plus 400 to make the college football playoff are pretty decent bets. You know, split up your bet between the two of them because I think that one of them, should they win, you know, the winner of this game, whether it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, the winner of this game will have a really good chance to get into the college football playoff if they handle their business in the Big 12 championship game. Based on what I believe will happen ahead of them and based on where I see, you know, this whole thing playing out. It's very interesting that the odds to win the Big 12 championship game are Oklahoma State minus 145, Oklahoma plus 280, and Baylor plus 380. What's interesting about that is that Oklahoma has better odds to win the Big 12 than Baylor, yet Oklahoma needs to beat Oklahoma State this weekend in order to get into the Big 12 championship game. And they're a four-point underdog. So that's pretty interesting that they're plus 280 to win the conference. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow along on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll try to hand out some winners for Tuesday night. Coming up next right here on The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on v the sports betting network. a new prop tracker now available on vsim.com for you to keep up with PNFL props. Head to vsim.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vsim.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, taking a look at the prop tracker, we don't have the updated odds to win the offensive player of the year. But offensive player of the year, it was Cooper Cup as the favorite at plus 175, Jonathan Taylor at plus 300. Uh, I actually think this is the updated lines right now. Jonathan Taylor is winning this award. So he went from plus 2,000 to plus 300 with a five, with that monster five-touchdown game against the Buffalo Bills. Austin Eckler, I think, is worth a look as well. He's at plus 2,000. He went from plus 8,000 to plus 2,000. So you have Cooper Cup as your favorite, followed by Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, and then Austin Eckler. Uh, as your top um, odds here for offensive player of the year. I would put a bet either on Jonathan Taylor at plus 300 
or Austin Eckler at plus 2,000. These guys are so important to their team's offenses and have the opportunity more so than other guys every week to have multiple touchdowns. Debo has been great for the 49ers. Cooper Cup's been great for the Rams. Don't get me wrong with either of those guys, but uh, Jonathan Taylor has been, he's he's the leading rusher in the NFL. Not going to get a look at, not going to get a sniff really for MVP, but for Offensive Player of the Year, he certainly would be the guy. Brady is your favorite to win the MVP at plus 350. Josh Allen next at plus 600. Rodgers and Stafford and Prescott plus 1,000. Mahomes plus 1,200. My guy Kirk Cousins plus 4,000 to win the MVP. Uh, offensive, uh, defensive player of the year, excuse me, Miles Garrett, plus 200, Trayvon Diggs, plus uh, 400, TJ Watt, plus 750. Offensive rookie of the year is Mac Jones, minus 105, to Jamar Chase is plus 125. Defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons is minus 400, Pat Sertan is plus 1,000. Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year, um, actually, um, it's not Dak Prescott. Well, I have this list as Joe Burrow, but I believe Dak Prescott is the favorite. He's not even on this list, but Dak would be comeback player of the year. And coach of the year, Cliff Kingsbury, your favorite at plus 400, then Bill Belichick at plus 500. I talked about Belichick a couple of weeks ago. Man, I wish I would have sprinkled on it when it was plus 1,200 because I think the Pats win the AFC East, and Bill Belichick is your coach of the year. Here we go on uh, your NBA schedule on Tuesday. A small schedule, just four games on your schedule on Tuesday. The Heat at the Pistons, Lakers at the Knicks, Nuggets at the Trailblazers, Mavericks at the Clippers. And the only lines I got available right now, the Heat are nine-point favorites at Detroit. The Knicks are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Lakers. The Lakers will be without LeBron James in this matchup at Madison Square Garden. Uh, NBA favorites last week did really well, but uh, here on Monday, it was underdogs leading the way, including some big outright victories like the Grizzlies, who were 11-point dogs to the Jazz, winning outright 119 to um, 118. The Sixers beat the Kings outright 102-94. Uh, you had the Pacers beating the Bulls outright, 109-77. Hornets beating the Wizards outright, 109-103. Favorites winning. Uh, Nets beat the Cavs straight up. Hawks over the Thunder. Celtics crushed the Rockets. Bucks destroyed the Magic. Suns win their 13th straight game uh, as they picked up a win over the Spurs. Uh, they did not cover, but they won. And right now, Hard to argue anybody playing better than Phoenix, who's won 13 straight games. Yet the Warriors still have a better record at 15 and 2. Suns are 14 and 3. Uh, where I would lean on your Tuesday schedule, uh, and we're just talking straight up here, not with the spread. Heat to beat the Pistons. I think the Knicks top the Lakers, Blazers over the Nuggets, and Clippers over the Mavericks. I would go with uh, the three home teams and one road team in the Miami Heat. Uh, I do think the Heat cover against the Pistons. Uh, the Knicks don't know about laying the points. Rather, just go money line with them. And I don't know the spreads yet on the Blazers and the Nuggets. But the Blazers, uh, certainly a team that has been better at home than they have been on the road. Although, 
you know, the Damian Lillard, the whole thing with Damian Lillard is getting very interesting. Uh, he won NBA Player of the Week, but um, wonder how long he's going to be in Portland. So, interesting stuff there. But I do like them at home in this matchup. Uh, on your NHL schedule for Tuesday, another small schedule like the NBA, just three games. It's the Lightning as minus 160 favorites over the Flyers. The Stars are minus 115 favorites over the Oilers. And the Flames minus 220 against the Blackhawks. I like Calgary to win that at minus 220. Find the parlay piece for Calgary. Maybe do Calgary and the Miami Heat or something like that. A cross-sport parlay. But I do like Calgary to win that game over the Blackhawks. You could go Calgary on the puck line. But betting the puck line is just so difficult. Because I know the empty netter comes into play. If a team has a lead at the end of regulation. Which is great. But it's such an annoying feeling. When you bet a team on the puck line. And they win. But they only win by one. So it's like yeah they won the game. You should feel good that you picked the winner. But. Not covering the puck line. It's just very frustrating. I'd rather just bet them on the money line. I know it's high at minus 220. Find a parlay piece for it. Um, I think the Lightning beat the Flyers. So maybe do Flames and Lightning on a parlay. Uh, Maybe take the Oilers. A little bit of plus money on the road against the Stars. Could be a little bit value there by doing all three of those teams. Taking a look at college football here on Tuesday. We do have two matching games on Tuesday night, Ball State is a six and a half point favorite at home against Buffalo. Total in that one is 58 and a half. Western Michigan is three and a half point favorites at Northern Illinois. The total in that one is at 62. Taking a look at the max standings right now, Miami of Ohio leads the East. They are five and two. Also, Kent State is tied with them. At five and two, Northern Illinois leads the West at six and one. Central Michigan is five and two. Northern Illinois um, has a win over Central Michigan, so they do have the tiebreaker. So Northern Illinois, um, I believe, has clinched a spot into the MAC championship game. And for Miami of Ohio, they play against Kent State, uh, the final game that this weekend, and the winner of that game will represent the MAC East and take on Northern Illinois in that MAC championship game. So that is uh, going to be interesting to watch there. A little bit of action, a little bit of action on your Tuesday night schedule. Top 25 college basketball games on Tuesday night, including the big one here in Las Vegas. Tip-off at 7 o'clock local time here in Vegas at the 10 o'clock Eastern time tip. It is number one Gonzaga, number two UCLA with Gonzaga as a five and a half point favorite in this game. I lean towards UCLA plus the points. I think this is going to be a great game. Um, I was I picked Texas against Gonzaga when those two teams matched up last week. Probably not a, a good bet because Gonzaga dominated that game. UCLA, um, I think I'd like them plus the points here 
So you got UCLA, Gonzaga, huge game on Tuesday night. You also have another game um, in Vegas here at the Mandalay Bay. That's going to be number 12, Houston against Wisconsin. Houston is a five-point favorite in that one. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Matt Humans will join the program from our very own here at VEASAN, host of The Edge, senior editor of VEASAN.com and Points Red Weekly at 745 Eastern Time at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Adam, Adam Chernoff from Covers and then uh, Benjamin Solak from The Ringer uh, will join the program at 9.30 Eastern Time. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S, O-N-A-I-R. And uh, you know what? I really do like UCLA plus the points. It's going to be an exciting Tuesday in sports. Certainly, we're awaiting to see what happens with the college football playoff and so much more. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game so you can make every game. 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 So 